0: Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday, October the 13th. Uh, but unless you suffer tristadecophobia, uh, this date is just uh, yet another date on a Friday afternoon uh, on an autumn day. And uh, I hope all of you are well. Hope things have been going okay in your personal worlds. Uh, but I'm certainly glad that you are joining me this evening so that we can play the inevitable game of catch-up Because there is, indeed, much that we need to catch up about. If you're familiar with me, you know that I'm a retired senior special agent with what used to be the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the so-called INS, an agency that was sliced, diced, and blended with other agencies in the wake of the terror attacks of 9-11 and folded into the mammoth agency known as the Department of Homeland Security. The way it was originally configured by President George W. Bush, uh, incredibly efforts to secure our nation's borders and force our immigration laws were hobbled by the very creation of this uh, Leviathan agency and the way that immigration was watered down and cut into little pieces. um, Frankly, I think that Mr. Bush, the globalist that he is, um, had this uh, Goal in mind when he created the agency. And in point of fact, I know that when I testified at a hearing before the House Immigration Subcommittee, roughly uh, four years or not quite four years after the attacks of 9 11, then chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, a gentleman from Indiana, John Hostetler, chairman of the committee, made it clear that he had real misgivings about the configuration of DHS. And the fact that any effort to secure the borders and enforce our immigration laws had been hobbled by the way the uh, INS was converted into ICE, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, uh, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. It was a mess. And of course, under Mr. Obama's alleged leadership, stewardship, uh, immigration law enforcement went out the window. Uh, we allowed an influx of massive numbers of illegal aliens, the unaccompanied minors, so-called Dreamers, uh, so-called. And by the way, got to make the point for all that we hear about how terrible the word, the word alien, is. Well, let me begin by reminding you that the A in Dreamers is alien, as in alien minors. Hypocrisy runs rampantly through politics today. And especially where immigration is concerned. So, um, ever since 9 11, my goal has been out there to be out there and provide my perspectives on the immigration crisis and on its nexus to national security, public safety, and a host of other challenges and threats that confront America and Americans today. Finally, we have a president in the Oval Office who understands the issues, who has an attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who certainly understands the issues. They are trying to right the wrongs that have been committed over a period of 15 or 16 years since 9-11. And every American capable of thinking, capable of understanding the written word, should be backing this president's efforts because this is where sanity finally Um, is being injected into the conversation, but of course you would never know it, to listen to the mainstream media, the pollsters, and all too many politicians from both sides of the political aisle. So, uh, And we're going to be discussing, in fact, um, the latest development today with President Trump, saying that he will decertify the nuclear agreement that we reached with Iran under the Obama administration, And there's, as you will see, a direct nexus between immigration and the concerns that President Trump has about Iran, uh, its skullduggery, its violence, um, its apparent desire to wreak havoc on the world, uh, an act that they have been doing or or a a, um, mission that they have been been pursuing ever since the U.S. embassy was overrun in Iran back in 1979. And I can tell you, I have clear memories of what happened. One of the guys uh, who was, um, became a hostage in Iran was someone I had worked closely with when he was with the State Department. He was there as the resident security officer in Tehran, was one of the hostages. And my recollections of what President Carter did in the wake of the seizing of our embassy and the taking of those hostages. I believe the president today said there were more than 60 hostages. Actually, there were more than 50. Uh, Easy mistake to make. But we were ordered as immigration agents to fan out across America and try to track down every single Iranian who had been admitted into the United States to make certain that they were not engaged in espionage, sabotage, or terrorism within our borders. And the president back then, Jimmy Carter, said that we would, uh, we would stop admitting Iranians into the United States, except for uh, those who came with a true credible fear that could be determined. But as a matter of routine, Iranian entry into the United States was suspended under the uh, provisions of Title 8, United States Code Section 1182F, as in Frank in parenthesis, the same section of law that President Trump has invoked and has been stopped repeatedly by court after court, all the way to the Supreme Court. Yet when Mr. Carter said he was going to do it, there was no problem. When President Obama invoked that section of law, there was no problem. When President Bush invoked that section of law, there was no problem. But when President Trump did it, suddenly there was a problem. This is the kind of duplicitous conduct that we have been witnessing again and again and again throughout our government, throughout the media, throughout our courts. American lives are being placed in jeopardy. And today I hope to be able to connect some of the dots. But before we get into the meat of what I want to discuss with you, I, of course, need to remind you about websites that I very much want you to go visit. My own personal website is obviously my favorite website in the world. And that website, again, if you know it, I can see you uh, mouthing the words, michaelcutler.net, C U T L E R, michaelcutler.net. For years, I have been writing for Californians for Population Stabilization, capsweb.org. I write for frontpagemag.com. I write for The Social Contract, and I occasionally provide commentaries to Newsmax. Um, and this past week, I was very delighted to join Dana Loesch on her program, The Dana Show, over at Blaze TV where unlike the mainstream media, Dana is determined to provide the information that her audience absolutely must have. The same can be said of One American News Network. I um, haven't been on with Graham in the past couple of weeks, but uh, frequently I am a guest on One American News Network and occasionally on Newsmax. But the mainstream media does not want to hear from former immigration agents because the goal is globalism the pollsters publish bogus polls. I wrote an article a while back and said that we were being shafted by the polls. And in my heart of hearts, I have this image of the pollsters sitting on top of their polls, twirling like uh, little puppets or whatever you want to imagine. It infuriates me because rather than uh, reporting on the public attitude about key issues, the polls, it would appear, are seeking to modify public attitude by changing their perceptions, by twisting the way that polls are conducted, talking about Latino Americans as though somehow an American citizen whose last name is Rodriguez or Garcia has different goals and values and morals than all other Americans. And if that isn't an exercise in bigotry and racism – and a disgusting form of profiling, then frankly, I don't know what would constitute such a a, a crazy way of looking at the world, a bigoted way of looking at the world. Americans are Americans are Americans, irrespective of our race, our religion, our ethnicity, and for the most part, even whether we lean to the left or the right, if you have common sense in your brain and in your heart, you basically, we all want the same sorts of things. We want the military to keep our enemies as far from our shores as possible. And in this perilous era, there's no shortage of enemies. We want law enforcement to be fair and keep our streets free of crime and gangs and drugs and violence. We want our schools to do an effective job of educating our children. And we want to know that any American, irrespective of what I have come to call the superficial factors Race, religion, ethnicity, gender, any American willing to work hard, study hard, and benefit from a little bit of good old-fashioned luck thrown in for good measure can write the next great American success story. But you've got the pollsters and the politicians and the pundits, the triple Ps, talking constantly about Latino voters as though somehow they're different. If that isn't racism, I don't know what is. And we need to push back against this divisive madness never seems to end. It never seems to end. We need to unite as Americans. We need to get rid of politicians who are more concerned with bribes known as campaign contributions than they are with the safety and well-being of America and Americans, irrespective of race, religion, or ethnicity. That's what America is supposed to be about. Well, in any event, let's get to uh, what is going on in the world. You know, last week I spoke about a couple of inspector general reports about deficiencies at immigration. Uh, The two major deficiencies, number one, the fact that the computer system used by inspectors at ports of entry by Customs and Border Protection frequently broke down had major issues, and those computers are supposed to provide the information that the inspectors need to make decisions as to whether or not to admit aliens into the United States. This is nothing that, nothing less than a threat to national security and public safety. There was another report that um, discussed how it was determined that thousands of aliens who had been granted green cards, citizenship, uh, had alternate identities, Um, And the alternate identities reflected that they had criminal histories and perhaps had outstanding warrants of deportation. So imagine you encounter somebody who's a naturalized citizen on one name, but when you find out what the person's other name is, lo and behold, there's a warrant of deportation. And I can tell you that I encountered this when I was an agent. And you would think with the computer systems that we have and the billions of dollars that we've pumped into these programs that those issues should have been resolved, but they're not. Now sometimes multiple identities are innocent. Somebody didn't consolidate two files. you know that's how it used to be when I was an agent. Or perhaps someone's birthday got reversed. In Europe and other parts of the world, they don't write the date the way we do. Here in the United States, it's month, date, year. So if you were born on January, let's say the fifth, you would write one, five, I don't know, 1990. Uh, on the other hand, in Europe, they might say five one five one 5 being the date, 1 being the month. So sometimes you could have that interp- that um, mix-up with the order of the, the dates, and it's innocent and not done with intent. Sometimes we deal with people who come from countries where they don't use the English language. So now you've got the problem as to how do you spell someone's name when his name is in Chinese or Hebrew or Russian or... Uh, Arabic or Urdu so the alphabet is totally different and very often when you transpose from one alphabet to the other there are differences Um, you know those of us who were Jewish we know uh, when you look at the word Hanukkah how we can spell it CH as the first two letters or H Uh, and there's other variations inside that one word so clearly Whether you spell it C-H or H creates two different looking words, even though it relates to the same holiday. So we do have names where that happens, but not when you're looking, as they have found at the inspector general's report, when you have people with criminal histories. So we have somebody with a criminal history who gets to be a citizen because they didn't consolidate immigration files. This is crazy. See, we have a presumption that when you run fingerprints, it's bulletproof. We got the fingerprints, put it into the computer, and there's the magic. And we have that impression, I think, because we've seen too many television programs about police, law enforcement, federal agents. Uh, You know, you put in the fingerprints, and and you know the last time the guy had a tooth filled. Uh, you uh, You know how long his hair is. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did, but the system isn't always as good as we'd like it to be, so we've got a real problem. And so understand why this is significant. You have members of Congress that are saying, what we really need to do now is legalize the DACA people, the Deferred Action Childhood Arrival people. And, and so understand that most of those people, if not all of them, faced no interview, faced no field investigation. They entered the United States surreptitiously. They didn't enter undocumented. To say that they entered undocumented is Orwellian. This isn't political correctness. This is purely out of the pages of George Orwell's amazing novel, pardon me, 1984. If you haven't read the book, get it and read it. That's your homework assignment. I'm going to keep on harping on it like your nagging parent. You need to read Orwell's 1984. It's an interesting book, it's a short book. It's an insightful book, and once you read it, you will never be the same again because you will come to the horrific understanding, the frightening understanding, that censorship of words leads to censorship of thoughts. I have an article that will be out uh, in another couple of weeks at the social contract about this very issue. spoke to my editor this morning. He told me that they've condensed it down because I gave them a monster article uh, I, I sometimes am guilty of that offense, but it's an eight-page article, so it, it's got lots of meat to it, and, and as soon as it's available, I'll be posting the link on my website, michaelcutler.net, <clears throat> and I will be incorporating it into articles for capsweb.org, frontpagemag.com, and, and anywhere else that I can get it in, because I want all of you, I want every American, I want everyone to understand the dangers and censorship. Words matter. The immigration debate became infinitely more twisted when Jimmy Carter insisted when he was the president that immigration employees no longer call illegal aliens illegal aliens, but refer to them as undocumented immigrants. That one change in nomenclature over the past four decades, hard to believe it's that long, has had an incredible impact on how immigration is perceived. And let's face it, perception becomes reality. So you look at the news media and what do they say? Well, if you think we should keep out any alien, any alien, doesn't matter, pedophiles, sex offenders, murderers, terrorists, drug dealers, gangbangers, doesn't matter. If you think that we have the right to say no to anybody who wants to come here, the news media will brand you. I promise you this. They will brand you a racist a bigot, a hater, a xenophobe, it's happened to me. It sickens me, it infuriates me, it angers me. You have to be a right-wing nut Nazi to think that America has the right to look through the peephole before admitting strangers into our country. Lunacy. Lunacy. And if you listen to President Trump, one of his favorite words, if you think about it, and he used it again today, sovereignty. Secure borders, not just for America, but for all countries. As individuals, we look through the peephole before we admit strangers into our homes. That's why doors come equipped with peepholes and door locks and doorbells to help us to keep the bad guys from entering our homes. Why is it so difficult to get politicians to agree that we must employ the same common sense where our borders and our immigration system is concerned? especially when you look at the 9-11 Commission report, to which I provided testimony, where they made it clear that multiple failures of the immigration system enabled not only the 9-11 hijackers, but they looked at a total of 94 terrorists, and two-thirds of those terrorists, at least, engaged in visa fraud or immigration benefit fraud. I would argue that they all did, actually. Here's where I'm at odds with the 9-11 Commission uh, report and the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. And here's why. Those folks came through ports of entry. They were, I can assure you, asked by the inspector, why are you coming to the United States? I assure you, none of them said, I'm coming here to kill people. I'm a terrorist. They lied to the inspector. I'm familiar with the job. I did it for the first four years of my career at Kennedy Airport. They lied to the inspector, which is fraud. It is a felony. Lots of luck trying to prosecute it to prove what they said. But I can tell you that they lied when they were at that port of entry about their intentions. A number of them lied about their identities and their itinerary and so forth. Lie after lie after lie. And we've been lied to by our politicians the immigrants are just coming to do the work Americans won't do. Right. We have tens of millions of unemployed and underemployed Americans, and they're so picky, they would rather sit home on food stamps. And when I hear this from people, I get crazy. We have computer programmers, people with master's degrees, MBAs, who were brilliant, who worked hard to get their degrees. They were fired because they have been replaced by H-1B visas. We've had construction workers tradesmen like my dad my pop was a plumber tradesman he belonged to the union five-year apprenticeship and i certainly don't think that blue-collar americans who are tradesmen are less important or less talented or skilled than some guy with a degree my parents made certain that i got a degree but i will tell you that if you want to look at people who get things done it's tradesmen they have always been my heroes they will always be my heroes so if you look at the mess that's been created by this drive for cheap labor, by this drive for more union members, for this drive for more people to become involved with the special interest groups. This is all about money, uh, by the immigration lawyers who want more clientele. You heard of ambulance chasers, you know, the image, there's a car crash and they come running over and they're, they're handing people their business cards as these folks are being loaded into ambulances. Call me, call me, I'll sue the other guy for you. You know, well, if you think about ambulance chasers, these people are coyote chasers. The coyote in Spanish are alien smugglers. So they're out there looking to represent the illegal aliens so they can make money. They're the ones who are pushing for a massive amnesty program because that would be a huge gravy train. And if you wonder why, when they come up with these proposals for comprehensive immigration reform, there's always a provision that the alien's legal fees get paid. People say to me, oh, they're pandering to the alien. And I think to myself, schmuck, there's no benefit to pandering to an illegal alien. What they're doing is making certain that the lawyers get paid. An illegal alien who doesn't have two nickels to rub together isn't able to pay the lawyer. So the trick is to get Uncle Sam to pay for the lawyer. That means you and me, folks. That's how rigged the system is. That's how screwed up the system is. And so um, you just need to understand that from that prism. Look at the situation through the eyes that I've acquired, if you will, going back to 1971 when I was sworn in as an immigration inspector. This is all about gaming the system, not for the benefit of American citizens or even for America's national security, but for all these folks who are literally and figuratively making out like bandits. So now understand how broken the immigration system is, which I find remarkable. All the money we've poured into it, and it's still screwed up. We went to the moon more than 40 years ago. The computing power in my iPhone far and away surpasses all of the computers on board the Apollo spacecraft. And that spacecraft repeatedly went to the moon and came back safely each and every time. Even after the service module on Apollo 13 suffered a catastrophic explosion, they were still able to bring them home. I had the incredible honor, incredible honor of meeting Jim Lovell, the commander of that flight. And then on another occasion, I had the incredible honor of meeting Gene Kranz, flight director, who brought them home. But each and every time, those primitive computers, that primitive hardware that was designed back in the 50s and 60s, brought them home. And today, it's too much to ask that the databases that the inspectors at ports of entry use to keep terrorists and criminals out of our country should operate flawlessly. It's too much to ask for. It's a rare day when the airline computers break down, and when they do, there's a big stink about it. No big deal when the immigration computers break down, which is far more frequent than you'd like to believe it happens, apparently. Incredible that we can't consolidate through biometrics. And by the way, the issue of biometrics was the very first issue that I raised at a congressional hearing, and that hearing was held four and a half years before 9-11 because of the terror attacks carried out in 1993. We're looking at decades, decades. And with all the sophisticated computers that are out there today, We still have a major problem. It blows my mind, and lives hang in the balance. That's the issue. This isn't a matter of, well, the flight's going to be delayed. This is about people are going to likely get killed or may get killed. That's not acceptable. And you won't see much about this in the mainstream media. Now, why is that? Because they don't want the American people to understand just how critical the immigration system is and just how screwed up the immigration system is nothing to see here folks keep moving let's legalize everyone let's drive down the wages of american workers let's flood america with foreign nationals never mind they're sending hundreds of billions of dollars back home when they work here whether they're working legally or illegally we don't care as long as the people at the very top of the food chain can make ever more money They are happy to create this falsehood that we need to import more labor because Americans are too lazy or too stupid. We need more foreign students. God knows why. China sends us the second greatest number of foreign students, followed by Saudi Arabia, India, by the way, number one. And here we're talking about STEM students, science, technology, engineering, and math. So here's where we now lead into today's events with president trump he said he was going to decertify the agreement with iran why they're cheating they're building icbms intercontinental ballistic missiles they are not allowing inspectors onto their territory apparently for what they were reporting today iran mails in soil samples so we know whether or not they're cheating they mail in soil samples This isn't an open book test, folks. This is take the exam home and we'll see you in a month and then bring us the exam. That's what this is. I mean, the idea that we could be that stupid, that bleeping stupid, that we are not in a situation to have inspectors, independent inspectors, monitoring what iran is doing the whole reason for that whole program is to prevent them from getting nuclear weapons and as president trump said today and he's right their favorite chant when you get a bunch of these um, leaders so-called in iran favorite chant is death to america and death to israel and we're putting them on the honors system does anyone have a brain How in the world could the Obama administration do this to us? I'll leave that open for everyone's speculation, and I'm not even being partisan. Full disclosure, I'm registered as a Democrat. I've always voted as an independent because I hate both parties. I would make the case that you could probably prosecute the leadership of of the parties for, for RICO racketeering. I mean, my goodness, what goes on in this country is unheard of. When I was a kid, you would never imagine the government conducting itself the way it does today. Flooding America with foreign labor, laying off American workers, allowing gang members to live with impunity in sanctuary cities where they're killing people, where they're raping little girls, where they're selling drugs. And if you look at the news reports, oh, the government of California, and I wrote about that for Front Page Max, The government of California is protecting the immigrants from immigration. No, they are not. They are shielding criminals and terrorists and fugitives from immigration. And as a consequence, thousands of innocent people are dying each and every year in the United States. But if you dare suggest that these municipalities need to work with immigration, you're a xenophobe, you're a hater. The sheriffs are finally coming out. They're finally coming out and saying, no more of this. We need to have immigration work with us. And it shouldn't even only be the criminal aliens. Go back to the 9-11 Commission. Most terrorists do not have criminal histories. Most terrorists may well violate the terms of their admission into the United States. Fugitives from other countries are scrupulously careful to not jaywalk not spit on the sidewalk not get into a road rage incident they don't want anyone to pay attention to them think of how the nazi dirtbags came here after the holocaust fleeing the long arm of the law for the atrocities they committed during the holocaust and they kept low profile 60 minutes did stories about some of those nazi bastards and when they asked the neighbor, did you know that the guy living two doors down from you is alleged to have killed a thousand children? Gee, he was such a nice man. He always smiled at me and he always mowed his lawn and trimmed his rose bushes. Well, never mind the crabgrass police coming after him. The guy came here, got a fake name and was a fugitive from the, the Nuremberg trials or whatever. That's the tactic of bad guys. You cross the border and then you lay low. You keep your head down, and you call no attention to yourself. Someone once said that an effective spy is somebody who would not attract the attention of a waiter or a waitress in a greasy spoon diner. I would argue that it might in fact be that waiter or waitress who is that spy. Well, guess what? Terrorists operate the same exact way. They find a way to enter a country whether it's by claiming political asylum, becoming a refugee, getting a student visa, coming on a tourist visa, however it is, and then keeping a low profile, using multiple alternate identities to cover their tracks as they move around the country. The 9-11 hijackers, for example, in the aggregate, according to the 9-11 Commission, used over 360 false aliases or variations of false aliases. So it's not only about going after people with serious criminal histories, illegal aliens. Certainly, they should be priority one, pardon me, but as a matter of making certain there's integrity to the immigration system, we have got ignoring, quote-unquote, the illegals who are only violating immigration law it's not an only it's not an only our immigration laws are designed to keep out criminals spies terrorists fugitives from justice human rights violators war criminals and prior deportees also includes aliens with dangerous diseases mental illness or likely to become a public charge or if they work they would displace american workers there is nothing in our immigration laws not one word that deals with race, religion, or ethnicity. So if someone's here illegally, immigration needs to be notified when the police become aware of it and let the immigration authorities make the decision as to whether or not they want to be involved. When I was a new immigration agent, it was typical that if a police officer stopped a drunk driver and the drunk driver was an illegal alien and he had six of his buddies in the back of the car sloshing around they would call us we would take the six illegal aliens that were in the back of the guy's truck and we would drop a detainer on the driver because he was an illegal alien but first we wanted the state to deal with him however they were going to deal with him, and then we'd scoop them up common sense that sends a clear message to people around the world that we're serious about our laws the message today is come to america Violate our laws, kill innocent people, drive drunk and run down uh, wonderful human beings. And you know what? We'll protect you from immigration because they're mean. They want to send you home. And by the way, you should know that the courts have ruled that deportation is not punishment. Think about that. Deportation is not punishment. <clears throat> you're not being punished when you're, you're visiting your friend and your friend says, hey, Charlie. I got to get up for work tomorrow morning. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. He's not being nasty. He's just telling you to leave because it's his house, not yours. Countries, sovereign countries have the same exact right to do that with non-citizens. We're not deporting citizens and we're not looking to deport lawful immigrants unless they get convicted of felonies, which is a whole nother story. But this is about deporting illegal aliens or aliens who have violated their status or have committed crimes. Why in the world would you shelter them? And so you have President Trump talking about Iran, and then he talked about there had been a murder plot to kill the Saudi ambassador. Now, this is really critical because this actually is an immigration issue, whether you realize it or not, because... Uh, If you look at the case, and it goes back to 19, I'm sorry, it goes back to 2011. This was the headline issued by the Justice Department on Tuesday, October 11, 2011, almost exactly six years ago, just over six years ago. Here's the headline. Two men charged an alleged plot to assassinate Saudi Arabian ambassador to the United States. It begins by saying... Two individuals have been charged in New York for their alleged participation in a plot directed by elements of the Iranian government to murder the Saudi ambassador to the United States with explosives while the ambassador was in the United States. United States. The charges were announced by Attorney General Eric Holder, FBI Director Robert S. Mueller, Lisa Monaco, the Assistant Attorney General for National Security, and Preet Bahara the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. A criminal complaint filed today in the Southern District of New York charges Mansour Arbarcier, a 56-year-old naturalized U.S. citizen holding both Iranian and U.S. passports, and Golam Shakuri, an Iranian-based member of the Iran-Quds forces, which is a special operations unit of the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, that is said to sponsor and promote terrorist activities abroad. And in fact, today, today for the first time in history, President of the United States declared the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps to be a terrorist organization. And indeed it is. Now, what you may not know, because the media is not reporting on it, and here's a guy, that's a naturalized citizen with two passports. That's a real big deal. I've been writing about this forever. How did we naturalize him? When did he come here? Was he able to travel more easily with two passports? You're damn right. You travel to one country on your U.S. passport. You put that away. You travel the rest of the distance to, on your Iranian passport. And if let's say he flew to Europe. As far as U.S. immigration would know, he went to, let's say, Germany for five weeks when, in fact, he landed in Germany, switched planes, switched identities, took the Iranian passport out and flew wherever he was going to go on that Iranian passport. So understand how we are facilitating the terrorist activities of our enemy by giving U.S. passports, citizenship, green cards to aliens. Think back to how we have people with multiple identities getting U.S. citizenship. Just stop and think about it. And what you may not know is that right now, and this has been going on, For quite a few years, Tehran has been flying their Quds forces, their revolutionary guards, into Caracas, Venezuela. And the Venezuelans have been happy to accommodate them with passports that misidentify them as Venezuelan, not as Iranian. So when you go now to Donald Trump and what he now has done with his enhanced executive order, in, in terms of, again, going back to that section of law, Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182, he added Venezuela to the list. Why did he add Venezuela to the list? Because we know that the Quds forces are flying into Caracas. But now here's something for you to think about. If we stop Iranians from entering the United States who are dressed up as Venezuelans, right, what do you think they're going to do? pardon me, make their way to the Mexican border, U.S.-Mexican border, and try to run the border. That's why that border has got to be secured. We are at war with terrorists. That puts us eyeball to eyeball with the Iranians, eyeball to eyeball with the North Koreans. By the way, North Korea is on that list also. Why? Because we know that they want to get their spies And they're terrorists and they're saboteurs into our country. Missiles are, I I described this a long time ago to a rabbi when I was having a discussion with him about Star Wars, going back to Ronald Reagan. And he said, isn't it great that we could shoot down the missiles? I said, yes, it is, and I hope we can. But all that a missile is is a high-tech wheelbarrow. And he said, well, what does that mean? I said, well, it's a way of delivering a weapon inside our borders. What if the bad guys could simply put it on a ship and sail it into our harbor, put it into a car and drive across the border without detection, and then the bomb is here in the United States? That's why borders matter. That's why our sovereignty matters. And incidentally, in the tri-border region of Brazil, where Brazil abuts with Argentina and Paraguay, You have terror training camps involving Hezbollah, which is a client of Iran, Hamas, same deal, and probably in this day and age, ISIS and al-Qaeda. So we have terror training camps in Latin America. We have Iranian shock troops flying into Venezuela. And you have members of Congress in both houses and, in some cases, from both parties, opposed to building a wall. Opposed to building a wall. You know, if Americans die, so be it. I guess that's got to be their philosophy because if they really gave a damn about America and America's national security, they'd be jumping up and down demanding that that border be secured. But that's not happening. There were just two guys arrested for wanting to carry out, or three people arrested for wanting to carry out a terror plot in the United States, two arrested overseas. One guy was arrested in the United States and he crossed the border into the United States from Canada. Terrorists are always traveling. They travel to meet clandestinely, they train, uh, they go, they travel to, to go to training facilities and so forth. They train uh, and travel to carry out attacks in different countries. It's that simple. The 9 11 Commission staff report started out making that very point that in order to attack us, terrorists need to cross international borders. And then after they did that, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here, and that was done by immigration fraud. (coughs) In fact, if you go to my Front Page Magazine article this evening, and I hope you do, and I hope you also look at the previous one that was posted by Front Page Magazine about sanctuary cities. And by the way, if you like my articles, please post it in the social media facebook i don't care twitter wherever you want to post it the more people that we can wake up the better it is i call this my bucket brigade of truth that's why i've been traveling around the country doing speaking engagements in point of fact if you become aware of any such speaking engagements you can reach me through my website michaelcutler.net um, i just got back from the incredible trip to um to colorado i was in st louis washington i'll be heading back to washington on monday um, it's about getting as many people as possible to understand the issue. But what I quoted in my latest article for Front Page Magazine is this. Once terrorists had entered the United States, again, this is the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel, the official report. Once terrorists had entered the United States, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here. Their primary method was immigration fraud. For example, Yusuf and Ajaj concocted bogus political asylum stories when they arrived in the United States. Mahmoud Abu Alima, involved in both the World Trade Center and Landmark plots, received temporary residence under the Seasonal Agriculture Worker Program after falsely claiming that he had picked beans in Florida. Mahmoud Salome, who rented the truck used in the bombing, overstayed his tourist visa. He then applied for permanent residency under the Agricultural Worker Program, but was rejected. Ayad Mohammed Ishmael, who drove the van containing the bomb, took English language classes at Wichita State University in Kansas on a student visa. And after he, he dropped out, he remained in the United States out of status. No criminal history. A student who didn't want to go home. No big deal. Nothing to see here, folks. Just keep moving. That's why when people say to me, well, if they don't have a criminal history, who cares? We all should care. We all should care because they are here. And that's the embedding tactic to look as innocuous as possible. And then we get to this statement from that very same 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. This is on page 98. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11 hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status, or applying for asylum after entering. In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, Coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. Page 98. When you read that, and you read about the madness of sanctuary cities, (coughs) pardon me, and you see how desperately President Trump, Attorney General Sessions, are trying to protect us. And who is their biggest opponent? Our own government. Our own mayors and governors and members of Congress and members of the Supreme Court and members of other courts. They're the ones, whether they realize it or not, who are running interference for terrorists. It's beyond belief. It's beyond my ability to comprehend. Read the 9-11 Commission report. I'd love to know how many of those nitwit politicians and justices, yes, nitwit justices, bothered to read the 9-11 Commission report. We are in the middle of a war on terror, and people are dying. Time and time and time and time again, we've seen attacks in Europe, attacks in India, we've seen attacks here in the United States, and people are dying, and these people are either clueless or I want to know what in the world is in their head besides sawdust. We're worried about who gets on board airplanes. And we've all seen it. The 90-year-old woman in a wheelchair being searched. Yeah, she's going to overpower the flight crew. Right. But meanwhile, when the president invokes 1182 of Title 8, everyone goes nuts. They have a cow. And he's accused of all kinds of nonsense. I mean, goodness, you could accuse the media and so many politicians of inciting to riot. How many people have gone out and protested? Oh, the president is a hater. The president is a xenophobe. The president is a bigot and a racist. The president, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to protect us. What are these idiots trying to do? Get us killed? We're living in a dangerous era. And too many politicians, too many justices, too many supposed journalists and pollsters and pundits truly are not ready for primetime players. Could not possibly have been higher. You look at the terrorist attacks. Look at 9-11. Look at the Boston Marathon bombing. Look at San Bernardino. Look at Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber. Thankfully, he didn't kill anybody. He sure as hell tried, though back in 2010, and we had naturalized him just about a year before he set off that car bomb and that SUV. And if you look at what President Trump is trying to do with the DACA program, and you listen to this garbage, this putrid nonsense being spewed by the likes of Schumer and Pelosi and all the other usual suspects, he's not bargaining in good faith. Why? Because what President Trump is trying to do is hire 10,000 immigration agents. Go after government contractors who don't use E-Verify. Make it mandatory. And by the way, people come up to me, and we're talking about people who may mean well, but they're naive. Wouldn't E-Verify end the problem of hiring illegal aliens? And I have to laugh, because you you would think that the person that would say this is still wearing diapers. How foolish could you possibly be? If speeding is a problem— Does posting signs on the highway stop speeding? No. Cops with radar guns and summons books stop speeding. How easy is it to defeat E-Verify? It's child easy. It's child proof easy. All you do is hire people off the books. That's all. This is the way illegal aliens are hired most of the time anyway. You hire them off the books. When I was an immigration agent, you'd raid a factory, and you would see that there were 25 time cards on the wall next to the time clock, and you'd look onto a factory floor that had more than 100 workers. Guess what's going on, boys and girls? The people with no time cards were illegal aliens working off the books. That's why the president wants to hire 10,000 immigration agents for that and to conduct fraud investigations. The fraud doesn't become evident until you go out there and knock on doors and conduct interviews and see what's going on. It's called an investigation. How do I know? I did it for 26 years. And what you may not know is that the second largest contingent of law enforcement officers assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force, believe it or not, folks, are immigration agents. And if you wonder why, it's because if you're not able to charge a terrorist suspect with terrorism right off the bat, usually they commit visa fraud or immigration benefit fraud. And that, folks, is the domain of immigration agents. But without the agents, those violations go undetected and we lose major opportunities to prevent a terrorist attack. The 9-11 Commission said that one of the most critical issues was the enforcement of our immigration laws from within the interior of the United States. So President Trump wants to hire more immigration judges. They are swamped in the courts. Find expedited ways of moving out illegal aliens where they wouldn't even need to go to an immigration court. He wants to hire prosecutors who will handle the criminal side of immigration law and attorneys who handle the administrative side. But most people don't know is there are two forms of immigration law, administrative and criminal. Administratively, the goal is to seek the deportation, the removal of an alien from the United States who is in violation of our laws. It's very simple. That's the administrative side, and that needs immigration judges, possibly immigration agents, and the attorneys that work that side of it, the counsels. Criminally, immigration law violations are like any other crime, and those go to federal court, and the goal there is so that the person is found guilty, either by pleading guilty or through a trial, and then you impose a punishment, whether it's a prison sentence, a fine, or both, okay? And by the way, you should know that more than half of all federal prosecutions involve immigration law violations, and the number one criminal violation prosecuted nationally is reentry after deportation, something I'm exceedingly proud of, because I had worked unofficially with Senator Aldamoro in the early 80s to make unlawful reentry by criminal aliens a 20-year felony and I even had the great pleasure of making the first arrest in New York of it turned out to be a citizen of the Dominican Republic who lost his green card because of drug convictions. So what you have is a president saying, "Okay, let's go after and help these kids so called. But let's hire lots of agents and finally Let's change the law. This is what they don't want you to hear in the mainstream media. I, I know there's a, a, a think tank that went out there and said, oh, these people are liable. If you legalize the, the dreamers, they're li- likely to bring in three or four people each. Nonsense. You, I've seen cases where 30 and 40 people get green cards based on one alien becoming a citizen. And here's how it happens. If an individual becomes a citizen On that day, he has the absolute right under current law to petition the government every single one of his brothers and sisters can be admitted into the United States. If his brothers and sisters are adults and are married and have children, then they have the right, if they get the green card, to bring with them every one of their spouses and their minor children. So if you have somebody who has eight brothers and sisters and his eight brothers and sisters are all married and they all have an average of five kids, you do the math. You do the math. That is a human tsunami. That's what we need to be concerned about. And believe it or not, if you look at a press release issued by the white house, it's called immigration principles and policies. President Trump and attorney general sessions have put together an all inclusive program That addresses all of our vulnerabilities, immigration fraud, keeping out the terrorists, going after people who lie on their political asylum applications, like the infamous Sarnayev family, whose uh, two boys carried out that deadly attack at the Boston Marathon on, of all days, Patriots Day back in 2013. And yet you have people criticizing the president, screaming about the need to impeach him. This is the first president in decades who has done his best to protect Americans far better than any president you could shake a stick at at least since I came on board with the old INS in 1971 and instead of holding a parade for the president you have people screaming about this you have to have lost your mind or be incapable of thinking to not understand the significance of what he's attempting to do And that's what you need to focus on. And that's why I write those articles, because what needs to be done is being done by this president, if only the courts and sanctuary city mayors and governors and members of Congress would stop trying to stop him. There's nothing racist or bigoted about saying, let's not let murderers gangbangers and terrorists into the united states there's nothing wrong with saying let's make certain that americans get first shot at the jobs and by the way that's something else that the president wants to change according to his own words to protect american workers so that employers who develop a pattern of hiring foreigners when americans are available can be prosecuted and you want to complain about that People want to complain about a president who wants to put Americans first. That's something to complain about. That's something that should cause this guy to get a parade. Now, I don't always agree with what he says or how he says it. I'll be right up front with you. I get furious when he calls his executive order on immigration a travel ban. He needs to use the original terminology, prevent, protecting the nation by preventing foreign terrorist Entry into the United States, not a travel ban. Sometimes he needs to slow down and and, and use his words more effectively. But when you look at what his goals are, and when you look at the threats and the challenges that we face today, then you realize just how pivotal, how incredibly important America's borders and immigration laws are. For years, I've been jumping up and down and talking about the truest measure of border security, not being those BS arrest statistics, I said it was about the amount of heroin flowing into America. We are awash in heroin. The epidemic is driving so much of the crime. And where is the heroin coming from? Outside the United States, because we don't produce it here. Every molecule of heroin was smuggled into the country, usually by Foreign criminal organizations, and not just from Latin America, from Asia, from Europe, from the Middle East. It's headed this way. It's coming into our airports. And with it come the criminal organizations and the gangs that market and sell it and send hundreds of billions of dollars back to the cartels and back to terrorist organizations that all too often are funded by the proceeds of of the drug trade. We've got to get serious, folks. And so what I ask you to do is please go to my website, michaelcutler.net, go to capsweb.org, frontpagemag.com, particularly this weekend, frontpagemag.com. Check out my articles. If you like what you see, let your friends know about it. Post it on Facebook. Send out emails. Discuss it with your friends and neighbors. Our politicians need to know that we are not as foolish as they hope that we are. And we do that by getting involved. You know, I always like to make the point, folks. Democracy is not a spectator sport. Please get involved. If you're a parent, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, think about their future. Think about the country that we will be leaving to them when the time comes. We have an obligation to be the best Americans we can possibly be. We have an obligation to be as involved as we can possibly be. This isn't a left-right issue, folks. It's a right-wrong issue. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I look forward to seeing you again next week at the same time right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Good night.